リンクスタート先輩先輩
I don't know if I'm going to be able to breathe, but basically, this character named Yuno in this show, uh, if you know, then I know, and we both know that Yuno is psychotic and one of the most amazing pink-haired waifu I don't need more psychotic women in my life, okay? I'm just going to say now, there have been a plethora, and I mean plethora of pink-haired waifu characters, not only that I've fallen in love with, but for some damn reason, this one named Yuno stole my heart and she literally might have killed her parents what the fuck is wrong with me go watch the show and if you do watch it come listen to the podcast it's on the patreon side link in my bio it's everywhere so now as I have promoted the Patreon podcast, as I have told you guys, we did the first ever live Shallow Oceans podcast on this very place yesterday. And you can expect a live podcast every Saturday and Sunday moving forward. Um, I'm looking at the distance and I see something in the seven seas of greatness. I see something on the brief drift of mist. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. But I see something sailing amongst the mist and it's coming through to me. Is it the Black Pearl? Is it Jack Sparrow? No. It's actually Luffy. And it was the One Piece live adaptation is finally here. We've been waiting on it, more so others than myself, but I did go on record saying it's probably going to be the best live adaptation ever, and I still back that. Because guess what? I finally got to watch it today, and let me tell you this. These are my thoughts real quick on the One Piece live adaptation. Number one, we get an entire hour of cinematic gold. Do you guys even realize how much money Netflix sunk into this project? And I'm gonna be real with you, there is a secret here. They know there's a following for One Piece, but there's a trick to it. There's a really hard trick to it. The fandom for One Piece is so extreme, they're the ones who beat on their chests. One Piece is real, and it is real. That's why every pirate in the freaking world is searching for the One Piece. But the trick is, if you piss off that fandom, you're done. And I don't care how much money you sink into it. We've seen Disney do this to its day one fans. If you mess with them, you're done. And I'm not even one of those One Piece fans. But I will tell you this. From somebody who works in entertainment, from somebody who hosts a plethora of podcasts, content development, etc., this live adaptation, I said it before even watching it, it was going to be the best live adaptation we've ever had. And guess what? I still think that after watching it. One Piece, this is perfect for you. And you know what's even crazier? And I mean this when I say this. This is even better than the anime side. Hold on. Hold on. I, I know it's a hot take. Chill. There's a reason why I say the One Piece live adaptation is even better than the anime side. And I've said this before, I think One Piece manga is some of the best written, there's Oda the Gota for a reason, right? He has written a masterpiece and it's meant to be written because when you read it, there's something better about it. There's no stretch, there's no play, there's no nothing. It's literally perfection, right? That's why there's one pace for people who are deterred by a long series, et cetera, et cetera. This now, do you guys realize it's going to do so well, it's going to continue. After these eight episodes, we're going to get more. And now we get to watch it on the most incredible platform in our lifetime for streaming up to this moment, Netflix. They have money to sink in everything. Do you guys know right now if you met the CEO of Netflix and you cracked a stupid dad joke and it made him laugh, you'd have a special on Netflix in two months and I'd watch it? Yeah, that is what's happening. We are quite literally 
in the making of history where there's going to be the first time ever a live adaptation might quite literally, and it's already happening for me, but I know I need more people to be on board. This is going to be better than the anime. Mark my effing words. Do you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Where we are in anime right now and where the world is going, especially with the progression of the series itself from everything within anime, we're not going to be able to stop the train rolling. And if you guys have never been to an anime event, especially this year, if not last year, um, Anime Expo within LA was so overpacked. It was sardines in a can to another level. People were being shoved into the walls and couldn't even move. The fire marshal last year had to stop people from entering because of how crazy it was. Anime's here, and it's going to get weird. I'm still positive and thinking it'll get better, but as somebody who comes from the back burner from the 90s and early 2000s where the best animes were ever made, I don't think it's going to keep getting better. I think it's going to get interesting. Now, mark my words, there's two paths we're on right now, and One Piece live adaptation is proving it. Are we ready for the next step of anime? We're ready. We're here. And it's going to get weird. Just mark my words, some of the all-time most iconic animes ever made are not only probably going to get remade here within a few years, they're probably going to get a live adaptation as well. It's going to get weird, I know. But remember for those of the newer fans and people who are just coming into the market, especially within COVID time, this is going to get interesting. And I believe these live adaptations, especially if you're a One Piece fan, y'all should be ride or dying with this. Do you know why? This brings other people into your space. This lets other people who don't have the commitment the peak physical ability to sit through all of these transpiring episodes. This is the time for you to shine and for your marketplace of entertainment to capitalize as it's literally number one in the world on Netflix right now. It's the number one show. I'm just saying, guys, we're there. I'm just saying, this is crazy. One hour episodes feels like you're watching a literal, uh, what's the best, uh, Pirates of Caribbean. It's going to get crazy guys so 10 out of 10 i will already rate one piece live adaptation 10 out of 10 absolutely loved it i'm a simp for the clown now i know people might think it's crazy i'm simping for that clown i don't care what any of you say that clown is badass dude he's so dope he's so dope anyways uh let's do some anime news real quick and anybody who's joining welcome in this is the live podcast recording of the anime senpai podcast live on all social media platforms streaming platforms and also on twitch and tiktok you guys are amazing there's two anime news articles we need to talk about real quick before we get into today's show, which is literally Rate That Waifu, where I'm going to go through some of the most iconic, some of the most prolific, and some of the most well-known female characters in the entire anime world, and I'm going to rate them. You're going to see me put them from S tier all the way down to End Yourself. <laughs> And here's the fun thing about End Yourself. It literally means like end your anime career, okay? Don't get dark on me. This isn't the dark trio, okay? This literally means end yourself. Like your anime career is over. If these are your favorite characters, you're awful. <laughs> and it's just because my anime taste is better. No disrespect. It's just the way I see the world. And it's going to be fun. So we'll get to that in a moment. The first anime news I want to talk about is The Boy and the Huron. 
Did you guys know that the tease episode for the English side is going to be coming out in just a few days on September 6th? And I'm hearing whispers that Hayako, uh, Hayao, 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 Hayao Miyazaki, this could be his last work ever with Studio Ghibli. A lot of the things that were building up to this movie were quite literally unimaginable because they did no trailers, no pub, no ads, no promotion. They kept it so low key that when it finally released in Japan, this is the first time in history of anime movies that an anime movie was released in IMAX, Adobe Atmos, Adobe Cinema, DTSX simultaneously. And the craziest thing is when this movie already has premiered in Japan, it already broke the selling record all time for Spirited Away in four days. Four effing days. I'm literally impressed to know that this is the this is the move. Like this is probably going to be Miyazaki's best work ever. And here's the quote he left all of us, especially here on like the Western side. We don't know really what's coming out unless you went and watched the Japanese side. I'm keeping it free because I can't wait to see it in theater, which I know it's going to be out here. Here's the quote for the sh- the new movie, The Boy and the Heroine. Welcome in. I appreciate you for the sub. A semi-autobiographical uh, autobiographical fantasy about life, death, and creation in tribute to friendship. If all of you in here aren't privy to who is Hayao Miyazaki, uh, have you heard of a brand, a company, an anime creation place called Studio Ghibli? Ghibli? The Ghibli? Have you heard, and I'm going to say this again, of Studio Ghibli? Have you heard of Spirited Away? Grave of Fireflies, Ponyo, and so many more. Princess Mononoke. Have you heard of this company? Did you know that my boy, Miyazaki, is right there with some of the greatest, if not top three, which I could argue he might be number two, of the greatest anime movie creators of all time? And we have a movie coming out here soon, and in a couple days we're going to get the trailer? Just be aware, I'm putting y'all on game, so you're welcome. Okay, just just let you just let you know it is the boy and the heron. Heroin, 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 heron. Be ready. Because I'm expecting greatness from this movie. I'm expecting this movie to set records here in the Western side. Because again, we know how popular anime is. We've seen with JJK, we've seen with Demon Slayer. Wait till a Studio Ghibli movie comes out. Okay? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> News article number two. Have you guys heard of a show called Kimi ni Todoki? No? Are you not privy to the culture side? Let me do it for those who don't understand it. It's called For, uh, From Me to You. And uh, let's just say they have been officially greenlighted for a third season on Netflix only. Do you guys know how crazy this is too? Uh, there's a lot of people who have never seen this show or have even heard of it. I'll give you some backstory and for a reason why I'm hyped about this as well. Don't worry. You can watch season one and two on Netflix, as I'm literally speaking right now, and there's also a live adaptation, which is very well done. The trick is, though, the story's about this girl, her nickname is Sadako, and Sadako, she basically has long black hair and she's pale, and it kind of means the ring. I'm sure you guys have heard of the ring movie, which has literally scared the bejesus out of me when I was a child. I don't know why. I don't know where, and I don't know when I was able to sneak into 
a movie theater when I was 13 years old and watch The Ring. Some of you maybe don't understand this. I love The Ring. I love it. I literally love horror movies. I, I'm a ride or die for the horror scene. The horror scene. That movie when I watched it was peak cinematic. That movie, you're telling me a girl's going to pop out of my screen after seven days and I'm going to die? You're tripping. And the actual play out and the cinematography they played with it crazy right for a different time but that's her reference of why they call her that and uh so she meets this popular guy his name is uh, i think it's shota and they're building a friendship and it slowly blossoms into a relationship so it sounds like a common slice of life it maybe sounds like something you're not privy to i know myself i'm about those romantic romantic animes i love the slice of life vibe especially if it's done right and the reason why this is so good too is that this series is constantly ranking in the top-selling mangas in Japan, with over 36 million copies sold. This ain't no slow burner, okay? This is some big-time stuff. So, I'm excited. They finally completed their 30th volume. I think it was back in, like, 2018. So, I'm excited to see this continue, because personally, I think it's a slept-on gem. So, now you guys know. There's an anime movie coming out. That's probably by one of the greatest creators of our time, Miyazaka. Uh, Miyazaka, and then also a sleeper slice of life on Netflix for you to watch. Now, it's time to do what we're supposed to do tonight. So everybody who's in here, shout out to my Twitch fam, shout out to my TikTok fam. It's an honor and a privilege to sit down with you guys to talk anime every single Sunday. If you're on Twitch right now, what's up? I love you. Thank you guys on TikTok. Come follow the Twitch side. I had an idea and we've done this before. We have literally sat down and we talked about rate that anime right like i actually went through and i did some fun where i actually was doing stuff on like rate that anime netflix edition rate that anime my anime list edition well now i was thinking so many people were enjoying that scene why don't i kind of take it and mold it and put it over to a different type of genre right so it is time to go through the most iconic female anime characters and I'm going to rate them for you right here and now. So now, a little PSA, a little warner, and a little spoiler. If I say something that upsets you, good. <laughs> I'm supposed to spark some action behind your thoughts. I am supposed to get you excited for the things that I think, and especially bringing a unique perspective, because nobody is I, and I is me, and him is Himothy, so we should be together. I'm excited to bring to you guys the first ever Rate that waifu. You guys ready for this? I think you're all going to be excited because this is going to be fun. So I'm going to do something fun here. I'm going to explain to you exactly how my tier rating works before y'all start losing your shit, punching your screens, DMing me, searching for me on the streets, and then stalking me like you know, which I wouldn't mind. <laughs> But here's how I break it down. So I have a bunch of different tier settings, as you guys can see. We have S tier, which literally means they are the greatest waifu in all the land. You know who pops in my mind as soon as I think of that? Holo. Holo the Wise Wolf is undoubtedly, undeniably, one of the greatest female characters ever made. Would you like to know why? I'll tell you. Sure. I'm biased. Sure, she was my first anime tattoo. She might be the entire manga collection that you can see behind me on the Twitch side, including the special edition collector's novel that is limited and numbered and printed. Sure, I could say I'm biased. But the reason why she's S tier, and I'll tell you why, 
Give me a character that is literally a god, a god wandering through life. Literally a god. And guess what happens? This young man walks up to her and he asks, can you help us and make our crops bountiful? She literally decided to help a random mortal kid. And in doing so, not only did she single-handedly change the entire outlook for the entirety of these people, she changed society as a whole. She made them thrive. She made them conquer. She made them take over and become so neglected to her that they literally forgot about her. And guess what she still did? held her promise. She could single-handedly have changed the entirety of that world. She could have maliciously went against all of them and she could have taken them down herself. But guess what happened? She waited and she stayed. Y'all, I could barely get a text back. <laughs> this girl was forgotten about and she stayed? What? Not even talking about her character design, which by the way, aesthetically talking, Holo is one of the best design characters I've ever seen in my life. Subtle beauty, subtle cadence, the ears, the tail, but it accents so well with her body. She is so petite yet mildly curvy. Her persona of her hair with the bangs and the eye color that's so vibrant and red complements her persona. And you know what's the best quality about Holo? Her personality. Her wittiness, her banter, and her sarcastic nature to not only be able to outwit you because she is the wise wolf, she is also able to show you her soft side when you least expect it. That, my friends, is S-tier quality. Character design, the reason for her origin, the persona of what she accomplished, the reasons for why she did what she did, the humbleness she has inside, hiding her sacred soft heart of being alone for so long and Lawrence being the knight that she always needed that stumbled through as a traveling merchant. Y'all, I'll say this again. There's a reason Spice and Wolf is coming back next year. Okay? Holo, S tier. Now y'all have an idea. But there's also a lot of other tier settings here too. We have A, B, C, DF. I appreciate the gifts. Thank you so much on TikTok. Come to the Twitch family. It's Ludi over here. Thank you for the follow. What if I told you the end yourself, which is below F, which by the way, F literally means the worst female character I've ever seen. There is nothing lower than F. Or is there? <laughs> there is. End yourself. Doesn't mean you. It means end your anime career. Okay? This character I have no idea why you like her. You wanna know who this comes to mind? Let's go with none other than Malty. Can we talk about Malty? Do you guys know who Malty is? You guys ever watched Shield Hero? Has anybody ever watched Shield Hero? <laughs> I'm not even talking about that. Shield Hero literally wet the bed. Shield Hero wet the bed. Did you guys watch season two? What the fuck was that? It's turtle time. What? This ain't no Ninja Turtle, Kawabunga, pizza bullshit. They fucked Shield Hero, and I'm heartbroken. But this isn't about that. That's a whole nother thing we'll do. Malty is end yourself, okay? I've talked to people who literally defend her. What? I'm sorry. Did I watch a different show? Am I tripping? Am I obviously the guy who doesn't know what's going on? 
Was I sitting there watching now for me and I was like, yo, this guy got summoned to a world that he didn't ask to be summoned to. But then like, dude, everybody's just like pushing him out of the way. Dude, you're right. Like what happened? Why are these carnal heroes such douches? Dude, I don't know. I think now for me just a bad dude. Really? Because he kind of was trying to help everybody out. I know, dude, but like he took advantage of Malty. Wait, I'm sorry. Did I watch a different show? Am I the one tripping? How are you telling me right now? That Malty was taken advantage of Naofumi. She took advantage of Naofumi. Am I tripping? Did I watch a different show? I can't even tell you. And there's a reason why I left Mami-chan off this list. I can't have too many people end themselves in one freaking show. Okay? We're going to save her for the next rating one. Malty is the epitome of the evil corrodedness of selfishness imbued into a character that is mere perfection in the sense of showing you how narcissistic people are. Malty single-handedly almost ended now for me for something he didn't even do. Can we talk about this? I have never in my life, never have I ever watched an anime where within the first episode, which was an hour and a half, by the way, I love my long first episodes. We saw Naofumi get summoned to a different place, thought he was going to fight for the kingdom, and then instantly was banished and outcast when he's a hero of the shield he can't even fight. Malty single-handedly almost ended the story before it began. Do you guys realize this? Malty is literally evil imbued. Even after she gets caught and they dub her the name of bitch and they dub her literally this name and almost she almost died next to the king. And Naofumi's like, no, it's all good, fam. I see things differently, you know? She still tries and she still is trying to end his life. Bro, I just talked about Yuno and how crazy Yuno was, so I thought. Um, Malty, I'm gonna say this. One of the worst anime characters I've ever seen in my life. And I know her perspective of why she was created. She was supposed to adapt the story that way because let's keep in mind, right? There's another character on this list. Uh, her name's Raftalia, right here. Rafi? Yeah. Um, Rafi, if it wasn't for our friend here, okay? Miss Bitch. Rafi would have never happened. She would have died in a cage. But now for me, needed somebody. I got a lot of inspiration, feels, from Raftalia, from Holo. Real talk. A lot of people who see my tattoo that is actually of Holo, a lot of those people think it is Raftalia. I'll tell you this. Raftalia is A tier. Hands down. Hear me out. Raftalia single-handedly not only helped Naofumi reinvigor his own beliefs in himself, not only had her slave crest removed because of the character we just talked about and yourself, she was so attached to Naofumi and so in love with him, she literally said, slave crest me, Naofumi. I want it back. I'm sorry, what? You're willingly going back to that? That was pretty awesome. That showed that she knew how much damage was done to Naofumi and how hurt he was. And guess what? Hurt people hurt people. And we saw how Naofumi carried himself in Shield Hero, right? But Raftalia was that light in the distance that wouldn't let him forget it. And we even saw at the end of season one, I thought they kissed, but they didn't. But I thought they did, but they didn't. But still, I thought about it, right? Remember this. Raftalia is a character and a secondary character 
that single-handedly has one of the most important roles in all of anime. Without her, Naofumi dies. Without Raftalia, Naofumi ceases to have that spark in his heart that he always had. Without Raftalia, the story ends. Raftalia, single-handedly, if you ask me, and I have a top 10 list ready for this, the most important anime characters ever created, Raftalia is on that list and you cannot change my mind. You, it, you cannot change my mind. It's impossible to have anybody else within the story. You can talk about Philo. You can talk about the Cardinal Heroes. You can talk about anybody you want in S.H.I.E.L.D. here, okay? I won't talk about Season 2. The fact of the matter is, Raftalia changed my perspective of what healers do. The like light workers in our life. The people who literally are meant to help others. And they instinctively grow because of that too. Raftalia is utter supreme. She's A tier. The only reason I don't have her S tier, and I really mean this too... She has some lacking issues of self-sense personality in the sense she still isn't driven and motivated by herself completely. She's still very codependent on now for me, which they both are. The young love aspect, right? I, I kind of I lose a little bit of attraction for that. I like more independence. But this character still is supreme. If you had Raftalia in your S tier, I wouldn't even be upset at you. I literally wouldn't. I would agree with you in some aspects. I personally think Raftalia, A tier. Ooh, A tier. Now, why don't we have some more fun, as if you're just joining us, welcome in. We are doing the first ever in Anime Senpai history, Rate That Waifu. And I'm going through a tier setting from S to End Yourself, and doing some of the most prophetic, profound, and most popular female characters that I could think of, and I have a whole nother list ready for part two. Now let's start with somebody else that uh, I recently was just talking about, because I just talked about the anime in the recent Patreon episode, with Australian Chris. How about... Yuno herself. Now, Yuno, uh, let's just say this. Yuno is a character that I was very interested in as soon as she was introduced. Okay? Yuno, and I know, and we know, there's so much more to her character development, especially if you've seen the show and see where she ends up for what she was doing and the multiple realities that she is able to almost in a sense control and manipulate, not even talking about her own self version of the hardships she goes through. I'm also going to put her at A. You know, she has a lot of qualities that I literally, oh my God, I would simp over. <laughs> like I'm just being honest with you. A female character that is one of the best-looking characters in the show. I honestly think that you know she has a quality I haven't seen in many other characters, right? The one that really comes to recent memory, I don't know if you guys have seen Elfin Lied. I didn't put her on here because I wanted to do her in part two. But there's a character in Elfin Lied that is a lot similar to you know. Yo, what's up? Welcome in, Daniel. I appreciate you for the follow. Welcome to the Twitch family, man. There is something about you know I don't see a lot of characters have. She has so much hurt in her heart, and she went through so much with her family, especially her mother. You know, and I'm not spoiling anything, was literally caged like a dog, okay? You know, was put into situations that nobody should ever go through. And to defend herself, I appreciate you, June. Thank you so much for the heart. And in doing so, the only way she was able to protect herself was to create multiple personalities, in a sense. But her codependency for our main hero, Hiro, Yiro, uh, Yiro, 
for our guy, you know, in Euro, I think it's Euro, right? Or Euro, Euro. I'm forgetting his name. I just have an issue again with codependency because I know young love is one of the purest forms in our life. And you know, is able to experience that with our other main character. But the issue I have with it is she still is lacking that sense of motivation outside of trying to do it all for her love. Right. And it's true. Love and power within that is some of the strongest things we can ever find. And her character design, I've said this before, I am a yitty yitty yaddy for all of these pink haired characters. It's going to be tough for me to not put a pink haired character at at least a B. And if she's not a B, it says something about her. Okay, just remember that. I'm a simp for pink. I think that they're a simp for pink. I'm a pink diver. What can I say? I honestly think that you know from character design the attributes of her storytelling, the true volume of what she is doing and what she is trying to accomplish, especially the character she truly is inside, you know, is one of the most interesting characters I've seen in my life. She is without a doubt A tier. Anybody who hates on you know, I think we both know that you're suffering from something you don't want to admit. I'm just being real with you. You know is one of the most interesting characters I've recently watched in a show. That plot twist, I'm telling you guys right now, I will not spoil anything. Go watch Future Diaries. It's only 26 episodes. The ending of Future Diaries and those last three to four episodes, you're going to be punched in the gut so hard, you're not going to know what the hell just happened. You know, A tier. God, I loved her. She was something else. Oh, okay, let's continue now. We're going to move to a character that uh, I recently got tattooed on my arm. We're going with Violet. No, I'm sorry, that's Saber. <laughs> We're going to go with Violet Evergarden from Violet Evergarden. S tier. <laughs> Hear me out, okay? Hear me out. Violet Evergarden is an S tier character. Would you like to know why? Of course you would. That's why we're here. Violet Evergarden from Violet Evergarden. And if you're new here, you just joined the Twitch side. You just joined on TikTok. I'll show you the new tattoo I'm getting worked on right now. Look at this. That is Violet Evergarden. Violet Evergarden is one of the most heartwarming characters and the literal depiction of transforming yourself through somebody else. When I watched Violet Evergarden, did I expect to fall in love with that show? Absolutely not. I thought it was going to be just another Netflix slice of life in a sense, in somewhat of a medieval setting. Did I think I was going to have empathy, yearning, and my heart wrenched on multiple episodes because within a one season, 13 episode show, 12 episode show, I was going to feel so many range of emotions that myself was as a person was going to stare in the mirror as I'm brushing my teeth and thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing? Who am I? And by God, where's my major? <laughs> Violet Evergarden not only breaks stereotypes from a plethora of reasons, from people who think that when you give yourself fully and wholly and soullessly to somebody, it breaks you, it single-handedly defined Violet Evergarden. Violet comes from nothing. The first time you're introduced to her in the story, and I'm not even going to talk about her A aesthetics yet because a lot of people try to say she's Saber. There's a lot of similarities, okay? I really mean this when I say this, okay? There is something special about Violet Evergarden. And when you watch this show, you're going to see how by her never really fully understanding emotions, never understanding love, never been shown empathy, compassion, or even any sense of remorse, Violet Evergarden starts to find purpose 
through somebody else showing her she's more than just a meat stick, a vessel, a killing machine. And when he is removed from her life, something crazy happens to her. And it's one of her most beautiful transitions and metamorphoses. What's the plural for metamorphosis? Metamorphosis. It's one of the most beautiful transitions I've ever seen in an anime show. And the craziest part about it is, that's not even the half of it. Did you know that in this show, there's a canon movie that continues the story where the major that we thought was said dead in an event might still be alive? What would happen to Violet if she sees him again after all the progress she's made and the hundreds of people I'm sure she helped within her lifetime of her career of being a memories doll where this is a time where people cannot even spell or write for themselves. Her job is to go there and to type out the emotions and thoughts and beliefs to transcend a paper setting in the language of English to touch somebody's soul and a person who never even knew how to think for herself is able to do that so well. Wow. The storyline is beautiful. Her design and her character features are so mild, so timid, and so perfect. I don't need somebody to have the bustiest of chest. I don't need her to be the most flamboyant. I don't need her to be the loudest. I don't need her to be on the freaking King's Rock and be like, I'm the chosen. I just need her to find herself. And I'm telling you this. I'm sure we've all been there when we talk to somebody like... I just need to find myself. I need to find me. I don't know who I am. She literally found herself. And in doing so, I found a new set love for an anime character, a two-dimensional character that I would have never thought possible. She's S-tier. She is without a doubt an S-tier character. Let's continue. Now we're moving over to a lot of people's favorite character. We're going to go with Rem from ReZero. Now, I think this is going to be the first controversial pick I have. So now, after I make the pick, I need you all to take a breath, okay? Rem from ReZero is a C-tier character. Hold on. I can feel people losing their shit right now. I can literally hear people across the world yelling at their screen. Give me a second. Let the man cook, okay? There's a reason a lot of people call me Himothy. Let me breathe. In this story of ReZero, Subaru is thrown into a world that nobody understands, right? He thinks he's the main hero. Well, can you be the main hero if you have no power? If you have no perspective of what's going on? No initiative? And you're just thrown into a random world? Probably not, right? What if I told you, through his vindiction... And I mean, Subaru dies a lot of times. And if you've never seen ReZero, it is probably one of the few new isekais I'm a ride or die for. It might even be my new favorite isekai that has been out right now. Rem is a character that you get introduced during his adventure in the first season, about a few episodes in, if not a little bit more. And uh, she kills him. Spoiler alert, she kills Subaru one time, and he has to come back and do it again. The thing about Rem... And the thing that really pisses me off about this character, that for some reason, I don't understand how more people don't see it. I do not like the fact that Rem is loyal to a fault and also oversaturates her own self and beliefs and completely and utterly folds and is the perfect representation of a Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Do you know why? 
as soon as Subaru starts to open up, starts to warm himself up to her, they start to get closer, have a friendship, get really warmy-dormy and all that stuff. She's still very on guard with him, right? Why is it that as soon as something happens, and I won't spoil it, something happens, she switches on a dime. And she literally becomes the biggest Subaru simp I would have ever imagined. I would have never saw coming. And the craziest part is, the craziest part, when Subaru breaks down, and this is all within the first season, Subaru has a breakdown and literally is folding like a towel, right? And Rem sits there and she is the chosen one. She literally won anime character of the year when this came out. She was best girl. Everybody was loving her. Everybody had pillows, all this stuff. And I couldn't understand why. Until I saw this episode and I saw how Rem literally all she told Subaru was, yeah, if um, you keep doing this, then you're not the guy I like and uh, I won't run away with you either. So get your shit together. But in a more loving, romantic, uh, high volume and even more a transcending moment with the music, the score, her speech, everything. What? You're telling me. The guy she fell in love with, right? The guy that she was chasing because he was fighting for Amelia's heart, which is also on this list, which I'm going to do next since we're on the topic here. He folds so fast that he even tells Rem, let's just run away. Let's have a family. Let's do this. And she was like, dude, I would love that, but that's not you. I would be running away with the man that I know I don't have. I'm literally in love with the man that I can't have. I'm sorry. What? Y'all started simping for Rem so much they threw her in a coma. A coma. All I'm saying is, they knew real quick, especially the writer and the creator of this show, they knew so many people were going to fawn over Rem, they had to put her into a coma. And I'm not saying she didn't play her part. I'm not saying that she didn't have a big role. I'm not saying that she doesn't have a heart of gold. I'm not saying that she's a ride or die. I'm simply saying the play out of events that happened with Rem, especially the moment that she's supposed to transcend, right? She folded too. And that was heartbreaking because I was starting to ride with Rem, especially seeing everything happen. And I have my own mixed persona about these blue haired waifus. I really have a weird view about them. I'm not a fan. So many of them just like Darling in the Franks, just like in Domestic Girlfriend, they never catch the hint. They're always the childhood friend that never gets the guy they want and they just can't accept it. For some reason, Rem not only accepted it, she literally said, I can't be with you if you're not the guy that I can't have. Rem, we gotta talk, sis. It just annoyed me, okay? And I think also, her character design, I'm personally not a fan of the short blue hair, my bipolar side is my other sister, but her name is Rem Ram, and she has the red hair, she's more hardcore, I'm more softcore, and then you see the backstory about her with her horn, to make you simp over her a little bit more, I'm just saying, it felt very forced, okay? That's just basically the base answer of this, it just felt very forced, and again, I have nothing but love for Rem. I think she's a good character, but in a tier setting of some of the greatest waifus I have ever seen in my life, and especially female anime characters, she's a strong C. And there's a reason why she was put into a coma. I know it's a hot take. I know probably nobody will agree with me, but I just see this from a different perspective, I think, and I just had to portray it you in just saying that I think we were forced to like her, and then in doing so, they removed her because they knew they did too much with her. Which is why we're going to parlay now into... Amelia. Amelia, also from ReZero. Now, this character captivated me. Do you know why? 
if you've ever seen Frozen Bond and seen the movie that's based on Amelia and everything she goes through, Amelia is A-tier. Amelia from ReZero is A-tier. And she is hands down way better than Rem. The reason why Amelia, and I have so much love for her, she has no idea what's going on. Literally, no idea. She was born into a world that she wasn't asked. All of us are. And in doing so, she was put into such a hardcore persona of responsibility. And the entire world was focused in on her, especially these evil cult people that you'll come to find out something about them as well. Her entire family was taken from her. Amelia does something I think a lot of characters are unable to do. Her design alone, I'll touch on it briefly, her hair, her outfit, her look, her face structure, her body type, the way she carries herself, she's so modest, so quiet, so timid, but so passionate, so determined, even though she doesn't have self-conscious for herself or self-confidence, she is a basically a minor image and reflection of Subaru before he found his calling, right? That's why they work so well together, and I fucking love her as a character. Amelia does something that is quite literally impressive. She takes on the responsibility of chasing the world setting of being the ruler, the king, the queen, etc. And challenging the world itself to defend it against this dragon, etc. And going through these challenges where she has to go back to her past and accept what happened, even though it's one of the most monumental thing that ever happened to her. That happens in Frozen Bond, if you haven't seen it, especially with Puck and what the hell Puck's doing. This character captivated me. Amelia single-handedly changed my perspective of this type of character, especially this female character's persona, of seeming helpless, right? Of seeming like you're a maiden needing to be saved. The entire time Amelia is trying to save herself, and in doing so, she can't understand why Subaru has this affinity with her. She doesn't know, and Subaru can't tell her. The witch's hand just grabs his heart anytime he tries to talk about it or tell her what's going on. He can't. And so she still is like, bro, I don't know what the hell's going on with you, but I'll try to help you, and she even starts to like him. It's like, it's incredible to see that this character is probably not one of the most definitively important roles within all of ReZero. Her backstory, the movie they gave her, it is heartbreaking, man. I know Rem had a backstory. I understand. I know this. I mean this. I understand Rem had a bad backstory, too. They were hunted for their horns. It took away the power from Rem. I get it, okay? I get it. But Amelia? Y'all be hating on Amelia? Like, you should be not loving on Rem. Is what I'm saying. There are so many Rem simps out there because I know what it is. Everybody wishes they had a girl like Rem in their life. Trust me. I agree. I get it. I'm one to say it as well. But to not see the things that Amelia does in this show, from her character design, her beautiful uh, own unique creation, and the persona within the world, Amelia is an A-class hero. I love her. I had to put her there. I'll get hate all I want. That's fine. Y'all can think my take is crazy. There is something there. And Amelia, she's got it. We are now going, welcoming again, to the first ever Rate That Waifu on a tier scale from S tier to End Yourself. We're going to go with somebody who I think is a fan favorite. Somebody who I think that kind of gets too much hate and I don't understand why. We're going to go with Asuna herself. Now, Asuna is probably one of those characters that most people have a little bit too much to say about her in a negative way, right? Asuna is somebody 
who I've kind of understood as I've been going on through life, was the first female character in not only the show that got me really back into anime, because personally, when I stopped watching anime, it was because I was in a relationship. I started doing the adulting, working full time, getting a house and everything. I kind of had to ease up on a lot of stuff. But when I dove back into anime and fell in love with Sword Art Online, because of the full diving world, being a part of a world that's outside your own, Asuna came out of nowhere. She is an S-tier character, and it is without say that she is the epitome of a ride or die. Hear me out on this one. In Sword Art Online, right? Asuna was thrown into a game that she didn't even want to be a part of. She was playing it because, well, her family was kind of wealthier. They put her in a position where she was kind of rebelling in her own way. So she played this full dive game. And in doing so, she got trapped like a lot of other people did. And she kind of secluded herself and was so heartbroken to know that her last days are going to be stuck in a video game that she doesn't even like. But what happens with her? And what happens with her and Kirito? It is probably one of the greatest anime yin and yangs I have seen in history. You want to talk about power couples? If you don't even think about Asuna and Kirito, I really question your ability of what you view as a power couple. You know, thank you so much for the gift. Everybody on TikTok, come to the Twitch side. I'm live on Twitch as well. Asuna was saved by Kirito. And in doing so, she saves Kirito. Because we all remember when Kirito and her climbing the floors, they have this dungeon meeting, whatever, and she catches Kirito sleeping outside under the tree on the optimal day with the optimal weather and its perfect time setting. And she doesn't understand what he's doing. She thinks he's wasting time, but he tells her, well, I'm gaining days here while you think you're losing them in here. It changes her persona entirely. And the reason why I have so much love for Asuna and respect for her, she switches, but she owns it. She literally starts to spit game at Kirito. And we all remember that scene uh, when her and Kirito are kind of having that lunch date at her house, that dinner date, and she kind of takes off her clothes to go to bed. Yeah, in the manga side, the deed happens. Okay? In the manga side... Kirito and Asuna, they poke buggies, let's just say. My boy Kirito finally found a place to park the car. In a garage. <laughs> I have so much love for Asuna because number one, she's a woman that gets what she wants. Number two, her design and character features are so feminine. I love her persona. I love the fact that she'll stand up and she was the freaking lightning flash for a reason. In a game she didn't want to be in, she became the most well-known character in the game. Next to the beater, Kirito, of course, right? And all the hate and the spewing people say where they're like, Oh, dude, after the first floor boss, can you tell me even a boss that she fought herself and actually won? Okay, that's what this is. We're going to do the, the Goku soloing thing right now. That's what we're doing. Do you understand that Asuna as a character is probably one of the most purest of hearts and she has so much love that she's the literal ride or die. I know you know, which we put on here, that's an A tier. Literally would kill you before she lets anybody else kill you. But Asuna literally goes into a video game, chasing Kirito into the soul sphere, whatever that thing is called, where they're like the flectolites, and literally turns herself into a god and hurts her own personal self to fight and find him and even goes against Alice. All I'm saying is Asuna gets way too much hate. 
Asuna as a character is somebody you should yearn for in your own life, if not your own depiction of an anime character you yourself should simp over. Because not only will she regurgitate it, if you step up and show her that you're worthy of that kind of light, she will ride for you till the sun goes down. And I'm talking about to infinity and beyond, because we all know the sun never sets. It just spins. <laughs> Had to put her up top. I'm telling you, she gets way too much hate, and it honestly hurts my heart to know that Asuna as a character is not only not well-received, but she's honestly almost spit on. And I've seen a lot of people talk smack on Asuna. A lot of people. And then those same people tell me they like seen on. Seen on? It's the reason I didn't put her on here today. Let's continue now. Over to a character... That might be one of my personal favorites. Uh, let's go with a character I think a lot of people also overhate. Zero Two from Darling in the Franks. And yourself. She's terrible. I don't know how anybody likes her. The fact that anybody would simp over her or even get her tattooed on their arms is absolutely disgusting. You should end your anime career. You should end it here. You should never be somebody who ever talks about anime again in your life. You are terrible. I'm over. Good night. I'm out. Just kidding. Hi. Uh, she's also S tier. <laughs> I bet there was somebody in here who believed that for a split second. For a split second! I bet there was somebody in here. Hear me out. As well, with Zero Two, I'm going to say this, and I'm really going to mean this. Zero Two, like Violet Evergarden, are one of those characters who could never accept themselves fully because one, they thought they had no worth. Two, they never saw anybody give them an inkling of compassion, love, or empathy until somebody shows them something inside of them they didn't even know they had. Zero Two was always trying to do one thing. Do you know what that thing was? She was trying to become human. Because in a world where Kalaxosaurus is, 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 what's the plural for Kalaxosaurus? Kalaxosaurus is, is, is. Uh, nobody knew that even Kalaxosauruses were real or existed. They thought they were just fighting these things, right? Or they didn't really know what was going on, that they were even good is what I'm trying to say. She was somebody who was hated on, used, abused, manipulated, and almost disdained because of how she was created by the professor. And in doing so, she hated everyone around her, and she used them to the fullest of extent to pilot the mech her way to do what she wanted. But guess what? Just like Violet Evergarden, just like Asuna, just like Holo, there's a reason why I have a certain type of categories for S-tier characters. She finally finds somebody that shows her more within herself. Because when she is in her utter bliss, developed into the moment, and very unprotected and unguarded when she's swimming and she comes out of that scene with the fish in her mouth that everybody remembers, she is introduced to Hero. And what happens with Hero? What happens with that interaction? Something was there. Come to find out, long story short, she does something most people never are able to do in this life. She starts to accept herself. And starts to realize that somebody loved her for her the whole time, even though she kept trying to change herself to be like the person she loved. Crazy. Her character design, by the way, flawless. Something about character with bangs is what I'm realizing. Is it my top S tier and A tier? I don't know why. <laughs> it's coincidence. Uh, her persona, her playfulness, her weakness. I'm somebody who's utterly attracted to somebody who has a weakness and is trying to hide it, that's trying to better it, she finds a way to overcome it. Zero Two is without a doubt, not one of the most overhated characters really close to Asuna, but Zero Two is slandered for simply turning herself, which the creator did, 
not only into a sex icon, like a sex symbol, basically, because of her aesthetics and the dance that was always coming around because of her, she transcended barriers of anime in some ways. Before anime was really prevalently popular, she was known by gamers. She was known by people in the industry of animation. Zero Two was beautifully designed. And those ending scenes where she does what she's supposed to become Sterlitzia, let's just say, good luck finding somebody within anime that can sacrifice as much as she does and goes to the extent as well as she does. Oh, absolutely love it. Okay, let's continue now. And we're going to go to another very interesting character. We're going to Kurisu from Steins Gate, the Okabe, the Mad Scientista. Some could argue Kurisu is probably the most important character in that show. I could agree. Some would say if it wasn't for her, Okabe would have never been able to have accomplished everything he did, as well as the first original Green Bananas in the sense of sending messages back through time, right? She's B tier though. Trust me, I almost have Kurisu in my personal top 10 waifus of all time. I think she still might be. There's a reason why she's B-tier when I have her up against some of the greatest anime characters, especially the female ones too. This character, she is a great one. She does some immaculate things, but there's something about a girl within my perspective that I can't accept when she is so blatantly trying to fight against the feeling inside and trying to play this overly Sundir relationship. Let me explain. There's something about Sundir within this genre of anime. It's really hard for me to grab on completely with. Trust me. I remember when we were younger, dude. Trust me. I know it. I was in elementary school. We all did it. We would push the girl we liked. We would act like we didn't care. We would be kind of mean and bullies. We did that, right? I understand. I know it's prevalent. I know it's a thing. But something about her, though, I just didn't get into. Do you know who I really loved more? And I'm starting to find it more as I go on because I had so much love for her when I initially watched Steins Gate. The I really have a love for, I'm forgetting her name, but I have a lot of love for her. I, I might even have her above Kurisu now. I know it's crazy. Trust me. I know a lot of people, like shout out to my homie Tim. He has told me that Kurisu is probably his number one waifu of all time. And that's okay. I understand that for a personal rating system, for yourself, you can find a way to have certain characters above others. And trust me, we'll all have differencing opinions. But the fact is with Kurisu... I just can't give her everything because I know she does a lot. She does sacrifice a lot too. She even still believes in Okabe that love triumphs over time and space itself, no matter what reality they shift into because of the text messages, right? There's just something about her though still, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's just something about Kurisu that I can't give her more than a B tier right now. I just can't, you know, hate on it, not like it, love it. Just really think about it though. Like, with Okabe, right, and his mad science and all that stuff, but they're a perfect combination together. But from somebody outside of it, like I'm not the Bill Nye the science guy, there's just something about her that it, it just don't do it for me. Like, you know, I, I understand she has her own way about it. She has her own way to articulate herself and to show out Okabe the love, but I don't know, man. I just love the doo-doo-doo. That girl's so cute, man. I absolutely love it. Okay, we'll move forward now. The next one on this list, we're going to go with my Sakurajima. Now, my Sakurajima 
uh, from Bunny Girl Senpai. Rascal Does Not Dreameth of Bunny Girl Senpai. She is also in Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl. Also in these newer ones that are coming out. That's Rascal Does Not Dream of Your Little Sister or whatever the things are. She gets her shine in Dreaming Girl. Even though you think it's going to be more so about Shoko, right? My Sakurajima and yourself. She's terrible. She's an overrated waifu. Soon dear to the nth degree. She should not be a character that's worshipped or loved. She is not even close to being a waifu. The first character depiction you get of her when she's in her bunny suit and the opening scene itself is the best scene she does and everything after that is a downpour effect and it's an undeniably demise of her own character creation. I'm just kidding. She's definitely A tier. <laughs> I'm going to get you guys with one of these. I promise. I'm going to get you with one of them. My Sakurajima, I have a lot of love for her too. I respect the shit out of her for her being a character that actually goes above and beyond in her own retrospect and is able to do something most characters are actually scared to do, right? So within her, and I believe his name is, um, I'm totally forgetting the male character's name, but Mai herself, when she's in this, is like, no, Futaba's the girl, I'm Kaide's his sister. I don't remember the guy's name, it'll come back to me. But the thing with her that's so interesting is that she basically is getting removed from everybody's light, right? She's slowly becoming dissolvent to the reality of the world because she was a popular actress. She just wanted to be removed and to be forgotten about in a sense. She just wanted her own time and place. Well, in doing so, she got her wish. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys know, but my almost is a race, uh, is a race completely. Like the homie from a race, the show wouldn't even have been able to find her. And he's literally erased, the main character. This one is quite interesting and literally breathtaking from the sense of her character design. And I mean this when I say this. I thought I would have loved a character like Zero Two or Asuna or something in a bunny girl suit. Yo, what's up, Butterfinger? Welcome to the family. Thank you for following the Twitch side. Shoutouts to Hydra. Shoutouts to Fatal. Welcome in, uh, Falio as well. I love you guys for being on the Twitch family. Everybody on TikTok, come over to Twitch. The thing is, though, with Mai and why I just have her a step below S tier, right? Uh, number one, her bangs are to the side. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's the fact that she has the flawless anime character design. She is very unique looking. The way that she carries herself, especially with the school uniform, and how she is portrayed within that first ever episode in her bunny suit. I'm sure you guys have heard this stigma before. I've said it before. I'm sure we've all seen it before and lived it. I went to the show expecting lewd, right? I thought I was just expecting Bunny Girl. I thought I was just going to have some really quirky, like, quirky, etchy, fan service show. But I left with feels. And I left actually falling in love with a character that I didn't expect to. And I'll even say this too. What she does in Dreaming Girl and what my Sakurajima is able to accomplish on her own. And what she does for our main character as well. While he's trying to help Shoko do her thing. Yo, Mai is a ride or die. Mai should technically be an S tier, but I can't give her all the holy grail just because I think that the attributes, again, something about Sundir kind of doesn't do it for me on that side. There's certain character it works with. Trust me, there's something about the Sundirish that you could say with Holo and Lawrence, but it's more so sarcastic. It's not that young version. It's an older version of it. So with Mai, when she steps on his foot or they do this back and forth, or like, he's like, I want to see you in a bunny girl outfit. And she's like, you're going to have to punch yourself in the face if you see that. I like the banter. I like the play. I just think she's a strong A tier. And again, if you guys have her in an S tier, I respect it. I love it. She is just a strong A tier for me. 
even after Dreaming Girl, I found myself having more allegiance with Shoko. Hate me all you want? I started having more love for Shoko. Because what if because Sh what Shoko really did for our MC before even Maya came into the picture. So that's my thought on that one. Let's continue and get some more done so we can kind of have not too long of a show tonight, but let's keep going, okay? We'll move through more, and then the ones I don't finish, I'll throw into the next part with some new characters as well. Let's move over to Megumi from Konosuba. For some reason, some way, somehow, she is probably one of everybody's favorite characters. And for some reason, I even question your taste because I think a lot of people forget how old she is when they talk about her. This might also be a hot take. Megumi, I'll say this about Megumi. I don't get it. I really don't. You know what? I'm, it's, it's going to be the first. She's D. I really don't get it about Megumi. I really don't get it. I think I'm the weird one here. I literally think I'm lost. I literally think I didn't watch the same anime again with people. How is Megumi not only so well-respected, she got her own effing movie? What? I don't get it. I'm literally going to do two at once here. I have Aqua as A tier. I'm doing two right now. Aqua and Megumi from Konosuba. I have Aqua as an A tier character. Megumi is a D-class character. I would even be okay putting her in F as a fail, as a character that I don't get it about her. We're talking about a character whose sole purpose was supposed to be the lewd, etchy comedy relief next to Darkness, who is the over-top of the, like, botulent, just this. She just wants all this damage and hate. I don't understand how Megumi transcends so many versions of people's depictions of what a good character is, and I honestly question you as a person if she's one of your top waifus. Honestly, I think we need to talk. You have to be somebody who loves Boku no Pico. Like, I'm honestly almost lost for words. When I've talked to grown-ass men, they're like, dude, Megumi? <gasps> and uh, again, this has nothing to do with the age factor or anything. They're characters. I know they're just, they're made up, okay? I get it. I just don't get the lust behind her. She's childish. She acts young. She's like almost spoiled with the way she thinks. She only is selfish for herself, only wants to do one spell. Like, I understand it's a comedy. I understand it's a satire. I understand the whole persona of what the purpose is of Megumi is to make you laugh, right? But, dude, her thing with our main dude, I just don't get it, dude. I really don't get it. The first time I was met with Aqua in that scene where he's getting reborn and she's just doing her stuck up thing, shooting him down. And then he's, he's like, oh, I can have anything. She's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. Just hurry up and get out of here. I have another appointment. And he's like, okay, I want you. She's like, okay, you can have me. Wait, what? And seeing her develop into the character she was with him, her over the top, her like almost just stuck uppery, her like just being so chivalrous, just like a rich girl kind of a thing. I thought Aqua fit perfectly in that comedy setting. But for some reason, people are so asphyxiated with Megumi, I really question your persona of what you enjoy. It's just so weird to me. I don't understand the lust for Megumi. And I literally, personally, I would love to sit down with people and have you explain it to me outside the sense of what her stupid role is made in the show. What? Darkness is better than her. How about Wiz? I'll take Wiz over, I'll take Megumi. How about Megumi's sister? What? It's just really weird to me that there's so much of this fixation with Megumi. And again, I respect your wills. I respect your wishes. But you should almost, in a sense, end yourself <laughs> with Megumi. But I'll keep her where she's at. I'll keep her at D, okay? I will keep her at D. I understand. It's just, again, 
it's just really weird to me how there's this real big love fest for Megumi. I don't get it personally. I watched the show plenty of times. I saw season two. I almost had more love for the <laughs> the one thing. You know, let's we'll leave it there. She does start pretty hot. I can respect somebody dropping her down to C personally. I can respect that because she does start off hot. The thing about her that's so fun to me, though, is like she literally fits the persona of somebody who should be in a comedy anime. I love her design. The way she looks, too, is so beautiful. I love the fact that Aqua, her blue hair, the color, which, again, I am very against blue haired characters for some reason. She was the first one that won my heart. She really was. So I personally have her as an A, but I can see why somebody would say that after uh, time and the story progresses, especially season two, you would drop her to a C. I get it. She can be bitchy, over the top, controlling. I get it. But for some reason, I feel like I'm that guy that's like, I could change you. <laughs> We're going to now go to everyone's new favorite character, Marin. Marin from My Dress Up Darling. And if you have not been fortunate enough yet to take your time to sit down and to appreciate the beautiful story of My Dress Up Darling, the emphasis on cosplay, and how the world itself has been so abruptly just intoxicated with cosplaying, with the, the scene within anime and all of these different, I guess you could say like conventions and stuff I've been to and I've hosted cosplay events. Dude, Marin is S tier. Marin is without a doubt one of the most perfect characters ever made. And I really sit here and argue, I would love somebody to tell me a negative perspective of Marin. Why is it? We'll do Miko next, A-Rod. We'll do Miku. Why is it that for some reason, an anime that was coming out the same time as Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer and also other big prominent animes in that release season, it was number one for multiple weeks. Marin stole our hearts. Marin is a character that only exists in anime. And you cannot change my mind about that. A girl who is one of the most, if not be most beautiful characters, in her world, she is ultra popular, ultra beautiful. She has that valley girl feel. She has the nails, her hair, everything about her in the schoolgirl uniform. And you know what's crazy about her? She is one of the biggest closet weebs of all time. She is such a hardcore otaku in that attributes, but outgoing. She like blurs the line like freaking Aaron Yeager does of protagonist and antagonist. She's an extroverted, introverted. I don't even know how everything she is, but she's amazing. She is so beautifully created that. Not only is she one of the only characters I've ever seen that wears multiple uniforms and cosplays as different characters, the subtle beauty behind her and Gojo's friendship relationship that spawns into something better and she chases it, no bullshit, no soon dear, no wasted time, no bullshitting, no wasting any of our episodes, she starts acting on it. Every single time an opportunity presents itself and she also does something most people don't listen to. She listens to when Gojo says the smallest things like when he was on the train and falling asleep and she picked up on it. And she was like, yo, Gojo. She does something we will never see in real life. A true hot girl in a high school setting, a mean girl per se she should be, ride or die for her love for anime, stands up for the people she needs, goes out of her way to make Gojo-kun feel loved and welcome and respected within the high school setting when Gojo-kun, the only friend he had at that time, said he was a weirdo because he loved the geisha dolls and pushed him out there and just retrospected him and she brings him in and makes him a part of her life and he helps her but we don't even realize that 
start, how much she's helping him. And at the end of season one, I said this in a show. I said this in a podcast. I said this on one of my TikToks. I'll say it again here tonight. I don't want any more of this show. It ended poetically after season one with Gojo asleep on the phone with her. And then they, they said, what? oh, I don't want any more. It's rare for me to find a show where I get so in love with it and the character themselves, I'm rooting for them so hardly. That show did it right. That show, that character, Marin herself, everything about her is a W. Everything about her is a W. There is not one single effing thing I will tell you is negative about her. Nothing. Nothing. Ugh. We're going to do this right now, and we're going to move forward because we really need to do these last few. We're going to go because somebody asked for headphones herself, Miku. And whoever's joining, this is your first time listening. Hi, welcome in Anime Senpai Podcast. Today's episode, I go live every single Saturday and Sunday doing podcasts live for you here on Twitch and TikTok. Follow the Twitch, by the way, if you're on TikTok. We're going to go with quintessential quintuplets. I didn't put the other one, who's my favorite. I did not put her on here, but we'll go with headphones, Miku. We're going to talk about Miku from quintessential quintuplets. There's five sisters in this show, and all five of them are very interesting in their own persona. All five of them are fighting for our main character's love, and only one of them can stand above it victorious. For some reason, it feels like The Bachelor show, but he doesn't have roses. He has homework assignments, and also... He's chasing a girl that he might have known from the past when he was a rebel with his blonde hair and his pierced ears, whatever it is. Miku is hands down and arguably, I would say, the most popular character in that show. Right next to her counterpart, which we all know who I'm talking about. Yes, I'm talking about Yotsuba. No, I'm not talking about Yotsuba. I'm going to say this. She's a respected A-tier. A very respected A-tier. She is a character that I found myself swaying between, do I want her to win? Do I not want her to win? Do I think she's the right one? Am I about her type? She's very subtle. She's recluse. She has this very weird and over-the-top asphyxiation with Chinese lore and generals and warlords and war itself. Like, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, kind of hot. It's like, yo, really? You're into that? Damn, I played Lubu once in Dynasty Warriors. Is that kind of on point? But... Her character design is unique. I will say this. I like the fact that within all the sisters, they find a great way to not only give them their own certain colors, but they give them their own certain type of personalities and design. Like the actress, older sister, shorter hair, more socially out there, older actress, etc. Miku, headphones, in her music, her own world wants to be left alone, but something about her is subtly intriguing. Something about Miku is almost inviting and almost wants you to be a part of her adventure, but at the same same time, you're not sure if you want her to be the one because you're not sure if it'd be a good mix, right? And if you haven't seen Quintessential Quintuplets, I won't spoil anything for you. The only thing I'll say about it is I'm effing pissed. I'm pissed at who he picks. The ultimate winner of Quintessential Quintuplets, I feel like shouldn't have won. I know it's still a hot takey to say that. A lot of people say once you get to the end and see what happens and who he picks, it's fine. I understand it. Miku, though, she is one of those characters that I respectfully will say more people need to give her good love and good affection and good positive notion of talking about and respect. I think she's somebody, though, that honestly will transcend over time the stereotypical values of what characters are, like the, the test of time, right? Everybody on S tier, we will always remember who they are by just seeing them, okay? 
mostly the ones on A tier as well. I mean, gosh dang it, we already know everybody on this list. But for me, A and S tier is very powerful and very prominent. You could almost say they're neck and neck. They're very close. It's just a line separating them, basically. I respect Miku. I really do. The only thing I would have liked more from her as a character, I would have liked more optimistic pushing for her herself and perspective of what she wanted quicker rather than waiting for others to start chasing and then wanting to jump on board as well. Because the only one who really liked our main dude in the beginning was Yotsuba and then somehow, someway, Yotsuba. Anyways, I want to go to a character that I think a lot of people gave too much love to and I don't understand why. We're going to go with, real quickly here, Shikimori. From the show, Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. Now, this pains me so much to say Shikimori's character design is honestly one of the most beautiful characters I've seen in recent history. I am extremely biased with pink-haired waifus. Pink hair, blue eyes, you have touched my very fiber and soul. Something about her, though, and that show rubbed me so wrong so quickly it's almost on a level of that one show where it's i think it's called what is it uh shoko i think it's the one where she can't talk i'm totally forgetting the name of it but something about this character really just put me off edge and when i watched the first episode of that show i have a hard time being able to accommodate or welcome in or love or respect Characters who are too over the top and kind of almost made to be in a comedic factor, right? She was created to be this character that was so protective, so over the top. Like our main character, dude, I don't even remember his name. He was like the whole, uh, I, I'm forgetting the show name, but it's like where everything can go wrong, will go wrong. A series of unfortunate events. There we go. He literally is a living, breathing character from that movie. At, you know, series of unfortunate events. I just couldn't understand how her being so over the top and so possessive in the sense where she was almost like scary possessive, like very scary, and her demeanor was almost aggressive. I don't like that type. Like, trust me, I like the Yuno type where it's like stalk me till I die, Poppy. That's a whole different type of vibe. But Shikimori, it could just be me. It could be that I need to go back and watch more of it because I'm being honest with you. I only watched a few episodes and dropped it because I did not like the vibe of it at all and I could not get into her character. I started watching it for her design and I bailed so quickly when I started to understand what it was about. And it could just be that the story of the plot line itself just missed me entirely. But I don't know, man. It was really rough. Welcome in. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining the Twitch family. It was really rough. And I will respectfully say I could have done without that show because it really hurts me to not like a pink haired character. So I'm almost upset. I'm thoroughly pissed off that I had a show that missed me so hard that I can't even respect it to watch it fully. Like, I'm that type of guy. I'll be real with you. If I watch a show and I have nothing engaging for it, I will not even push through it all the way if I know it's not going to better me or value me, especially if it's a slice of life where I've seen millions of them, you know? Like, ugh, just didn't do it for me. So... I have to say respectfully, she was not my type. But character design, if you want to go off of character design, S tier. What? She's gorgeous. But as for like a character and the way her persona was, oof, missed me on that one. Okay, let's go with Albedo herself. The goddess of all succubuses. And a character from the show called Overlord, if you're not privy... It is one of those newer shows that is an isekai. It's quite interesting because Ainz Ulgon is one of the most overpowered characters, but at the same time is one of the most robustly interesting ones because not only is he taking over the world, 
he's doing it respectfully and he's doing it to not oversell himself and to also see if there's other living characters in this world he is stuck in. This is a tough one because I personally simp over Albedo. I love the fact how she's over the top. I love the fact that she is so ride or die for you, even though it's programmed into her and that's kind of what Ainz does by fault. I'll respectfully put her in S tier. Hear me out. I think there's something interesting about that over-the-top stalker ride till I die will be so over-effectuated with you that hers is almost to such an extreme, you will never see it in real life. Possibly. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. It's probably existing. The thing, though, with Albedo is, and why I love her personally to such a good extent, and why it's really effing hard to not have all these characters almost on S, A, or B tier, Albedo... She is so interesting because her power leveling and scaling is incredible. The way that she carries herself is not only so much of a ride or die, she will literally suck the life from you and do it smiling. Almost like if you've ever seen Interspecies Reviewers, she is not far off from the class of Succubus. If you've ever seen when they went to Succubus Tower, they suck you dry until you have nothing left in you. No soul, no juices, nothing. Albedo, character design alone, Mwah, breathtaking. I love the fact of how much she will yearn for you, yearn for you, yearn for you, and yearn for you. She is literally on such another level for sucking your succulent juices. She has this so cool persona that she respects Ayn so much that he is the only one that can check her and the evil mindset she has behind herself when he sends her on a mission to check and kind of scout why they're having leaks and who's messing with them and who's messing up with their trading route and stuff that could start a war between these factions. She is so beautifully tactical. She is literally, and I quite mean this, she will only need you in your life and she is set for life. I kind of think that's a turn on and also very scary because it's like, whoa, what if I need a break by myself? Is she going to follow me? She probably will. I respectfully put her in S tier because I love her so much. I really, really do. Oh, my God. Uh, also, here's another quick hot take. As death, B tier. As death from Akamega kill, everyone get killed, B tier. The same kind of persona as Albedo, but done completely different because her mindset is completely selfish, whereas Albedo's was pressed onto her. The thing with Esdeath is, one, she's too busty for me. Really hear me out on this one. I don't like over-the-top busty lewdness. I like it to an extent. Albedo has that extent. It's not always focal pointed. It's not always pushed out. Esdeath's is literally, you don't see anything but the Bubasaurus Rex. Like, those jugs are enough to feed a village. Like, if Holo somehow disappeared, you throw Esdeath there. That farming village would survive for years, is all I'm saying. Esdeath is just too much. And also, the thing that scares me about her, too, she isn't evil in the sense of Albedo, where she just doesn't care for, like, these little life forms and stuff. Hers is basically, like, she thinks she is the ultimate B-word. Like, there is nothing below, uh, above her, I should say. And she is the creme de la creme. It's kind of crazy to think that her and Albedo are pretty close in similarities with almost every attribute, just depending on the hair color and stuff like that in the world tier setting. But I really mean this when I say this. Something about her is just a little too off-putting for me. In the sense of like how she conducts herself, it's a little too forceful in the sense where it's overbearing and almost demanding and so selfish. She would literally take your life away kill it bring it back and kill it again it's kind of crazy to say i'm scared of her like that's probably the simplest way i could say this i'm scared of as like if she walked up to me right now i'd be like uh-huh yeah uh-huh, whatever you need 
I, that chick scares me, dude. If you tell me as death don't scare you, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. You're full of shit. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to finish this off right here. And we're going to do this. We're going to have some fun. Don't care for as death as a waifu game. I'm glad we're on par. I think she's, you know, she's just too much for me. A little too much. You're not scared of Albedo? Nine. I'm not scared of Albedo because something about her just turns me on. I don't know if it's her design. I don't know if it's her character creation. Something about her. Albedo does it for me where as death scares the shit out of me. It might just be the fact that I programmed Albedo to love me. If that's the same case as Ayn's, whereas as death, she's selfishly chasing you. That scares me for some reason. I don't know why. Something about it. Her passion. Dude, for real, Tay, that's a good point. That is actually a good point is about that one saber fate series for some reason this is one of the sabers and i didn't even write it down there's multiple sabers within this show that aren't even the same saber and then there's some that are the same saber it's so confusing it's so convoluted the best advice i can give you is within with the fate series just simply watch it and enjoy it don't try to follow it in order or make any of its sense it's so it's just tough it's tough as shit okay it's really tough saber is b tier Saber is B tier for me, and it's not bad. I personally think anything that's above a B is an absolute win, but hear me out on Saber. I kind of lose my spark for Saber when officially, when I first got introduced to her, I loved her passion. I loved everything about her. If we're just talking about design, design is S tier. Absolutely think so. But as for a character herself, her persona, she is just filled with honor. She's a knight. She's the knight of the round table. She's literally the king from back in the day. King author in a sense, right? There's just something about her that still just doesn't reside with a character that if you ask me on the spot, top 10 waifus off the top of my head, it's for sure going to be revolving around A's and S tiers. She wouldn't make my top 10. So if a character I know cannot make my top 10 because of her character design, which is, again, I lose it more to, um, for example, Violet Evergarden. I like her persona, her character. She takes the throne for me. If I never knew about Violet Evergarden, if I never identified that type of look with Violet Evergarden, which is completely different because the animation styles, Saber is definitely cool. But in just her verse alone, I have Gilgamesh over her. I have... So many other characters over Saber personally. And I know she's like basically the Pikachu of the Fate series. She's like the lead, the main role, the one everybody follows. I don't know. Hate me? I'm going to say this. I'm a MASH guy. I uh, Pink hair. I know. I personally have MASH over Saber. If I had MASH on this list, I would put MASH as an A tier, if not S tier. I really think personally, Saber is just a little too overplayed in the sense that the honor, the valor, the vibrance, the character design, it's all been done before, and I respect her, I loved her, she has a very pivotal role in the show, just not enough to get me to simp over her. You gotta make me simp on you. I, I mean, to be a simp, you gotta be able to be full-blown ride or die, that's where my A's and S tiers come in, so again, Saber's a great character. I love you if you love her. Uh, definitely end yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's definitely a B tier. Now, Nine asked something important. He said, you are beyond repair, senpai. What is this? Dude, Nine! What do you mean? This is awesome. This list is going to haunt me. Nine, this is the most prevalent list I can ever make. This right here is the most accurate list you'll ever see in your life. Anybody who comes across this list and doesn't agree with me, that's just because we have different tastes. <laughs> I'll say this, Violet wouldn't exist if it weren't for Saber. Now, Cosmic, let me say this respectfully, Cosmic, I love your taste, and you are right. Saber is a great character, 
And I know for a fact, Violet Evergarden, her inspiration was taken from Saber. I don't care what they say. I know for a fact there was designs taken from it. I just don't have her higher than a B. She just didn't do it fully for me. I need to go back and watch them. It's been a few years since I watched any of the Fate. The newest Fate I watched was the Demonic Front Babylonia with Mash and Gilgamesh. And I love Mash. Mash's character design with her shield. Unbelievable. But just a sword fighter. There's sword fighters everywhere, you know? So don't hate me, Cosmic. I still love you for it. That's just my take. Now, Nine. Nine asked me, why isn't my S tier? Why? Simple. She's not. <laughs> you know, dude, I, I'm telling you, Nine. There is no difference, truly, between an A and S tier. S tier for me is basically telling you they are perfection embodied within a character. There is nothing else I would change. They are the perfection in every attribute. I would not change a damn thing. And it is true. What Mai does for, I think his name is Saku, Sakuto or something like that. What she does for him is unmatched. She literally takes a car for the dude. Spoiler alert. I saw what she does in the movie. I saw the love she has. I saw everything about her from character design, focal point. Yo, what's up? Welcome in, Squirrely. I appreciate the follow. I see everything about it, Nine, and you're not wrong. Nine, you're not wrong. She is an S-tier character. This is just the persona of where I see her. I just don't have her as a top five character. So that's what I'm saying. You see these characters right here? I could even respectfully put Albedo down to it. If you told me right now, we're gonna do this just for the Twitch side, I can only have five characters in my S tier. Those are the five. I would drop Albedo as well. Those five characters I have above every other character I've listed so far. That's why they're S tier. That's why they have definitively made their place not only in my heart, but on a tier setting and a rating that is almost unmatched for what they did aesthetically wise, creation wise, character design, everything. I do, and I respectfully would. Personally, this is a top five character listing. For my own mental health, explain why Raftalia didn't make S tier and Asuna did. Okay, I'll tell you this. The only thing, nine, the only thing that has changed the perspective of why Asuna is above Raftalia is one simple factor. The bias I have towards Asuna for being the show that not only got me back into anime, but Asuna literally being the same embodied person as Raftalia. They're both ride or die. They would both give anything up for their men. They would chase them to the bitter end. They literally do in more attributes where Raftalia says, throw the slave crest on me, poppy. And Asuna basically jumps back into the flectolite to chase Kirito even when he's a vegetable. It's just that Shield Hero left a bad taste in my mouth after season two, and Asuna continues to impress me as the story progresses. That's the only difference. And I know if we're trying to say, like, move the actual stories away and just use the characters, it's tough to not talk about the stories still because their characters are developed by the story, right? So if you want to change Asuna with Raftalia, I would respect that. And to be honest with you, Nine, before season two came out of Shield Hero, I had Raftalia in my S tier. But that show in season two, bro, just pissed me the F off. And I took it out a little bit on Raftalia. Have to be honest about it, right? Man, you cannot bring up the show and do the list for real, though. <laughs> NDS, what do you mean? Tell me, NDS, what'd you say? Uh, let's see. I respect Raftalia in A, but this is a wacky tier list. Is it really? <laughs> Well, guys, I'll tell you this. I'm somebody who is not shy about my privy designs of my views of waifus and especially the female characters for what they do. Keep in mind, and I'll say this one more time before we end the tier list uh, show tonight. 
there's something that I do with my tier listing that most people really have a hard time understanding, and I respect that. I know it's not easy. I know it's tough. I know it's something different. I look at the entirety of a character from their plot development, the start, the ending, where they're at in the story right now, whether it's continuing, whether it's over, what they've done, and then I have to do something very tough, which is on the spot analytically, compare and contrast them to other characters and looking on the list, uh, the list of tier settings as to who has the most importance within their own storyline, within their own abilities. And of course, the cherry on top for selection is personal bias, you know? And I've said again, these top five, I really mean it. These top five, Holo, Violet Evergarden, Asuna, Zero Two, Marin, S-Tier, and the first ever Rate That Waifu, I don't feel bad about it. I don't. If you want to talk about Raftalia, Yuno, Amelia, Miku, my albedo i understand it i see it i mean i know a lot of people are probably pissed about megumi and rem i get it i really do get it personally i told you again rem was made to like her too much megumi she's way too overplayed for the hype she gets so there's the first edition <laughs> i love you guys so much that is the first ever anime senpai tier ranking and as i got the vibe from everybody on the twitch side i definitely can tell i ruffled a lot of feathers and i knew it would happen i know that within anime there's no way i can please everybody there's no way i would ever make everybody happy and i know for an absolute fact especially with a tier rate especially with a tier ranking and a tier list i was going to upset some people who really love me but just know i still love you any choice you have for a waifu ranking is absolutely validated you can have everybody in every selection you want and i would still love it and respect it so just know it's all for the whole view of my own perspective for entertainment purposes and to have fun i don't mean in malice behind it i respectfully see everybody's opinions and the perspective of what they like just know that i will defend mine and i will fight for those that are in my top tier ranking and system so shout outs again to holo violet asuna zero two and marin for being the first edition s tier characters Everybody else is mad and upset at me. I still love you. That's okay. <laughs> we'll definitely do it more next time. So if you're in here for the first time, it's the first time listening, make sure you follow on Twitch and TikTok. I go live every single weekend. It's an absolute blast. I love doing this because it's something for us to enjoy together. It's a television show. That's what I'm doing again. I'm making you guys excited for weekly viewing and talking of anime. One Piece was awesome. Go watch it. Everything that happened because of this show is ever immaculate and ever growing because of you guys. Shout out to all the new subscribers. Shout out to all the new followers and you for listening to this podcast you're forever loved forever welcomed and if you ever feel like you can duke in the ring with senpai or you would like to join me for a show join the patreon family i'm always there always welcome and it's the best place to come closer to my heart and become more of the family so shout out to everybody who is here tonight shout out to everybody in the discord you can like and follow me on all social platforms more top tens coming out on the tiktok side and so much more goodness coming out next week i'll see you guys then anime senpai out